0: It is great to be with you. And there, I, I wasn't even planning on bringing him on so quickly, but I'm so eager to have him on. Uh, I've got Craig Lemaster right on screen with me simultaneously. You're going to be excited uh, that I brought him on, however quickly I've done it. Uh, Craig is highly recommended from a good buddy of mine, Chester Elton, who we're going to have on in a few uh, weeks down the road. But, uh, you know, I, C- Craig and I met each other, I think, uh, at least through uh, being selected as global gurus in our ex- respective. Fields, Uh, he is a leadership guru like no other. He's also a personal growth and development expert, particularly as it relates to moving your life in the direction of your goals, meaningful goals. So enough of me talking about you since you're having to
1: stand there quietly. Uh, Welcome.
0: Welcome aboard.
1: Oh, thanks, Joseph. What a what a pleasure to get to be with you today. And and let me just, I'll, I'll start with one comment, which uh, you and I looked at your stuff originally back when that in your mission statement around serving those committed to serving well. And I'm like, this is a guy that I want to spend time with. So well, I, love, I, really love love, the work, I love the work you're doing. That, that's perfect
0: for me to be talking to you that I'm living my mission <laughs> is what you're pointing out, because <laughs> bottom line, your whole thing is to to move people, oh, by the way, I said this, and you haven't even been around, but let me just put this overlay on. I think this may be the best book cover on the planet. Okay, mm-hmm. I I hate you for this book cover. It is, <laughs> you know, there are very few book mm-hmm. covers that connote movement yeah. uh, and energy, and this one just nailed it. We're gonna talk a lot about this book today. Uh, we're gonna talk about getting unstuck in your personal life and your professional life. But let me just tee this up by saying, yeah. Craig's got credibility, uh, particularly when it, when it comes to the issue of having led from a CEO suite, uh, seat and then figuring out how to help the rest of us get unstuck no matter where we are in our life. So with that, help me just hear a little bit about your journey and where, if at all, you've ever been stuck. Yeah,
1: lots of places. I'll go ahead and give you that clue, Joseph. But yeah, so my journey professionally is actually uh, pretty simple in that I spent 27 years with the same organization, which, especially when we were doing live talks and stuff, seems odd to people because today, 27 years, seems like a whole long time. But I grew up in an amazing company and for whatever reason, um, got picked to be CEO. And as you mentioned, Joseph, I got to serve as a CEO for 11 years or being a part of a public company. We would call that 44 quarters to be exact. And um, I describe it very simply as, and I mean this, that I had the best big company job anybody can have. Had an incredibly supportive board, um, got to do stuff I was passionate about, a lot of global expansion, a lot of digital stuff. Um, So it was a great big company job. And that was, so that was the bulk of my work life. And then Did a bit of an odd thing. uh, Left the organization four years ago when I turned 55. And really for the purpose of doing what I get to do now, I, I felt incredibly fortunate to run into some people that had amazing wisdom and shared with me some ideas that we were able to percolate into this concept of how do we get unstuck when we're stuck on hard stuff. And and I thought that'd be kind of fun if we could build a business around this and help other leaders. And so that became my passion. And to wrap it up, I would say I get to now I have a smaller firm and I got to run a big company. And now I get to run a, a small company. So I've had the best Big company job and now the best little company job. So, all right. So, Craig, with that,
0: that kind of speaks to the current model, right? What wisdom is. And by the way, we're playing big in Kansas. Uh, All right. Young said this comments right off the bat (laughs) to you from Kansas. Um, So, let's kind of start with the the core model that you have, which, you know, if I go on your site, it it looks like this, right? There's a whole part of your life that's about giving practical (laughs) takeaways and speaking. There's this book element of your career. And then there's this coaching piece. Uh, So I'll let you speak to just how you go from a CEO position to a business that targets (laughs) kind of three, three legs of a stool, if you will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, it's super simple, Jeff. because the glue for all of those, and we do a lot of advisory board work, is, is our other delivery mechanism. But the glue is this thing we call wisdom-based learning. And so what we've taught in the book, uh, what I speak about, um, our our coaching platform, our advisory board, it all works off of this chassis of this wisdom-based learning idea. So that's really the glue for all of it.
0: All right, let's get to wisdom-based learning. Let's not let's not uh, tease this to the end. You know, and then we got like five drips of uh, wisdom-based learning. Right off the bat, we got to do a formula. This is gonna, you know, like I love. There we go. Much, you know? probably, we don't have any math calculations. There is a multiplication sign in here, so uh, I'm out of my element. But uh, fire away. W equals k yeah. times. E, there, there it is. is. That's all you need to know. We're done. Oh, yeah. We're Great done. Time. We
1: can just sign off, but right. uh, we need to buy the book now. But, um, <laughs> So everything we do is based on this idea of wisdom. Now, as you know, there's lots of definitions of wisdom. I don't think there's any bad ones necessarily, but the one I like the most that we use is this, this, this idea that for me, wisdom that matters in an organizational con- context is really this unique intersection of both knowledge and experience. Um, and, and the key is it can't be one or the other which is tends to be what happens as we're trying to solve really hard problems is we're focused on one of the... So what I found was that if we put the right wisdom in the room, and these are people by the way, this is not a machine, these are people, but the right wisdom in the room trying to solve a stuck topic, if you will, something we're stuck on is quite remarkable. If it's facilitated, if those conversations are facilitated in the right way, the speed at which we get unstuck, I believe, there's no no parallel to it. And that's what got me excited about it as an operator. So this is what I use to get unstuck. And quite candidly, Joseph, I didn't know if this formula was just something that resonated with me or if it would work elsewhere. That was part of why we did GXG. And so the first two years, we tried it in, I think, 12 industries and probably over a hundred stuck topics. Things leaders were just stuck on. And, and and it worked. It works across the board because, again, it's not me or my folks solving these. It's facilitating the solution through these incredibly wise people. Uh, but that's the definition that I use. And it's really the glue, again, that holds all this together. So um,
0: I'm putting on my glasses. So I'm going to read something out of your book. Uh, yeah, sure. And, and I'm getting old. Those those are the two reasons I put on my glasses. And, on, and but you know, as I listen to you, I, I think there is a mystery around wisdom. Like I, there's yeah. a Van Morrison song I love. It's called "No Guru, No Method, No Teacher, Just You and I in the Garden." Right? Like, I mean, at some level, we are looking for the Sherpa the yep. wisdom the the person with the flowing beard on the mountaintop right and yeah. and when we wait for them to come the time has passed for the need and they're probably too old to really make it work i, I mean there's something very organically demystified about your your theory yeah of wisdom. you, want, you hey, want to kind of take a I, shot at the demystification piece i love that
1: yeah and, I, and and i love the way i've never really phrased it that way so just in in true disclosure here. I'll plagiarize that because, well, I guess I'm telling you, so it's not plagiarism, but I love that demystification because that's really what we try to do is say, well, wait a minute. It's not that creature on the top of the mountain. It's not Yoda. It's not whatever we tend to visualize as wisdom. It's actually you and me and it's people all around. I can look out in my company right now and there's wisdom everywhere. And The way that we like to describe it is there's wisdom in almost every swim lane. I love, unfortunately, athletic analogies on everything. But if you picture this swim lane where we swim in a lane, I believe that almost everybody has both knowledge and experience in some swim lane. Some have multiple, but at least one. And if you buy into that, and I think we can prove it now after four years, if you buy into that, then the only issue is how do we, in a systematic, simple way, get the right wisdom in the right room solving the right stuck topic? And when those three things collide, um, we actually trademarked the term rapid cycle learning because this changed the way as a leader I thought about learning forever, that this is how we're supposed to learn is from another wise person in a highly facilitated simple format. Um, and so that's how we demystify it. It's it's, it's everywhere, it's, Joseph. Uh,
0: you know, thus I want to make sure that I share that as whatever I can. Uh, I don't know if yeah. I froze myself in that process or not. So if you, if I am frozen, oops, there I am. I should be back in the stream now. Uh, let's go here. Uh, can you see me, Craig? All right. If not, if you can wing it for me for one second, I'm going to re-enter the <laughs> broadcast. we will be right back in. Okay.
1: Joseph's giving me a lot of um, power here. I feel like I could just take over the show while he's he's out, like a kid in a candy store. While he's coming back in, I'll actually continue that theme since you asked the question about the wisdom and my definition of knowledge and experience. One, one of the things that's very exciting about the work that we get to do now is as we find wise people that are willing to help us, whether it's advisory boards or in our coaching platform, I talk about in the book that the spirit of reciprocity is very much um, alive and well. And if you're not familiar with that, it really does mean that if you ask people, in our case with wisdom, to help and participate and teach, solve problems, if you ask them in the right way, then they're more than happy to do it and realize also that they get as much out of that exchange in that environment. And so this idea of reciprocity, I promise you, is absolutely alive and well and um and to me that's a very encouraging thing um sort of especially in this time of the pandemic and uncharted waters that we're all in um there's really no better time i think than to reach out of our little bubbles and most of us are in homes or small offices now because we can't be in big environments no more important time to reach out and um seek out that external wisdom on very specific topics. And, and, and it's quite amazing how fast we move, uh, move from there. So I'm not sure if we have Joseph back or not. Um, but if we're still live, I'll keep going. And actually, my team will get a big kick out of this because they would accuse me of standing in my studio here in Atlanta and doing this without anybody <laughs> listening. So and I'm actually doing that potentially today. But I'll keep going because I know one of the things that Joseph and I had talked about was um When we think about this wisdom-based learning uh, methodology, um, you know, what are the, how do you do that? What are the, what are the steps to sort of do that? And, um, and and one of the things I would point out, as as Joseph was kind enough to do to put our book up, it, it's a very simple book and, and I've really outlined our whole methodology there. I wanna be completely transparent because I think anybody can activate this wisdom-based learning with or without GXG. And that's really what I care about is leaders getting unstuck. Uh, but I talk about it in there because what I think is important is number one is the idea around humility. And so spend quite a bit of time defining Humility. And there's lots of ways to define it, kind of like wisdom. But the way that I really appreciate the most is, is really the, the idea that I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to recognize that I don't know something. I don't have the knowledge and experience over here. So I'm actually going to ask for help. So number one is, is humility. And the second thing that we try to help folks with is what I would call defining the destination. There's a lot of talk about strategy and how to do strategy and what does that mean. And I'm pretty biased here because I call it a destination because I don't like to oversell the whole strategy topic. I think there are so many great pathways that people can take to get to certain destinations. Um, And that tends to be where we spend our time is debating those. And what I'd rather spend time on is the clarity around the destination, first of all, and then what is the likelihood that we're going to get there? And what I mean by that is, again, going back to our wisdom-based learning, we actually build, if you picture an ecosystem, like just any type of ecosystem, in the middle of the ecosystem for us is the destination. And around it, if you picture those bubbles around the the destination. I have to jump
0: in just long enough to say you are my favorite person. I get bumped out of the live stream. I am my, I have to completely shut down my computer. I have to, I have to re, basically I had to run my Mm -hmm. ethernet cable. Oh no.
1: I think we lost you. We lost Joseph. He is clearly having some technology. Oh, there you you are, you're back. Well, you're back. We lost you for a minute. There you go. We're back. Okay.
0: So I was, I was simply saying you saved, you saved the team. Talk about (laughs) wisdom in action. people. He just saved us. Yeah. You can keep going about destination. I I love your point. Uh, You know, as I read it in terms of what is, uh, you know, we need to figure out that destination because it's, it's not a viability of, you know, an iteration
1: of the now. That, that, that's right and so i was actually asking myself my own questions which is kind of funny uh, joseph my my team will I'll get a go big, back
0: and watch this my it team will great. get a big kick be better out of than me
1: Now, they accused me of being in my studio here in Atlanta and doing this without anybody else on. So I actually did that today.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) it was pure professionalism. I just want to I want to compliment you on that. You you know, I prep guests all the time, but I never say in case I completely, you know, evaporate into non-existence. That's so funny. I'll give it back to you. Let's get to destination. Well, and And, what uh, I was doing
1: was just telling them the steps. We follow a simple methodology. So what is wisdom based learning? How does it work? Number one is humility. So I talked a little bit about humility and why that's why that's super important. And the second thing that we, we help people with is define the destination. And, and what I was going through is the context of def- destination is just put it in the middle. Let, let's not rehash strategy a million times. There's a number of pathways that will work, but I want to know the real destination. And then we do it as an ecosystem. So if you picture in the middle of the ecosystem is a destination, the bubbles around and everybody knows what an ecosystem looks like. What we, what we do there is actually right in those bubbles, what are the buckets of wisdom? What is the knowledge and experience that are the imperatives that have to exist at a very high level to get to the destination?
0: And well, you know, and, and you have
1: tools. I think the thing that, you know,
0: yeah. I don't endorse somebody unless I've read their work. I mean, this is kind of my thing. I, I think if you're going to take all that time to write it and you're a thought leader, people shouldn't bring you on unless they've taken the time. So what I loved about, you know, Unstuck is that there are actually tools to yeah. map out your own, Bubbles, right? All of them. Yeah. Yeah the ecosystem wisdom pods. If
1: you like. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I just encourage and we do it on whiteboards. By the way, this is the probably the least high tech business model ever. All the work we do. I don't like PowerPoint. We use whiteboards and and flip charts and, and very much old school because the point of this is the wisdom. But what we put on the whiteboard are these bubbles of what, what wisdom is the imperatives you have to have. And as we go around that, then we actually do a fun scoring exercise. And I would encourage all of your viewers and listeners to do this is just score yourself. So if, if my destination is to be Blah, 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 great digital company, whatever that means for you. If one of the buckets is, let's say data analytics, right? Everybody has that in, in digital, right? Well, well, what is the likelihood based on your current wisdom, you and your organization, what's the probability that you're gonna get to the destination based on your current wisdom? And it's so much fun, Joseph, because we actually do this pretty quickly in, in group sessions with senior leaders and they start scoring and we, you know, there's usually four or five of them. They get more complex, then we add them up. And I've been doing this for four years nonstop, and the average score is less than 60% probability. When you add it all up, less than 60% chance you're going to get to the destination. Wow. If you think about that for a second. It's a simple exercise, but it's incredibly important. And it gets left out of all of this discussion on strategy. And so if you buy into that, and, and what's funny was when we do this, and usually these are pretty senior people in companies, any size company, but... When they see the score, then people immediately want to change the scores. It's like, oh, well, now I know what you're doing. So we were actually 80%, not 50%. i am like, no, you can't change the score. The score is the score. The better question is, now that we're less than 60%, who's going down the hallway to tell the CEO or the owner that this big, important destination will have a 60% chance of getting there? Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the question.
0: junior member of the team that's going to go. Yeah. Let's, let's pick sure. who
1: gets to go do uh, that. So, yeah. so once we identify quickly, we identify if you buy into this exercise, which usually gets people's attention, then the only question should be, well, how do we go fill the gaps? And, and that's sort of where we come in or again, people can do it themselves. And so we just build a methodology of how you get very granular about what actually is the wisdom that's missing knowledge and experience, knowledge and experience and be as granular and specific as you can And then we actually share in there how we go find wise people, right? I know your background and customer experience. I've read your stuff. I've listened to your stuff. I can promise you if somebody is stuck on customer experiences and parts of customer experience, if I put you in that seat physically around a table in a facilitated format to help them, if they're stuck on this, their probability of going, getting unstuck just went through the roof. And then anything else
0: except that you should put people around as seat with me because i'm stuck on everything else (laughs) i feel feel like i'm I'm like in the i came in during the third act of my own play (laughs) Uh, so you may have covered this so (laughs) be very gracious and act like oh well that's a new idea uh but i was going to read something from you a long time ago and with my advanced age and declining memory it's a wonder i remembered it all to do this but here it is it says for most of human history on this planet, change has consistently been gradual. Only in the most recent three decades of civilization has change accelerated so rapidly that it poses a formidable challenge to the acquisition of timely knowledge. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, is that really the case? Haven't we always felt like... Knowledge was you know, coming at us faster than we can manage it. But I, I think so.
1: I, th- I think it's been the case. And I've had people that love to, to, to get nitty gritty and debate you know, this decade that. And, and my point of this, is this is my own story, basically, Joseph, to say that as a leader, I'm coming at it not as an academic or really even a thought leader, as a former operator leader, this is what it felt like to me. Okay? And particularly the last few years. And let's just take one, one topic, blockchain. Right. Do you do, how many you know how many CEOs sitting in CEO chairs that like I did don't really know whether it's a block or a chain? <laughs> uh, it gets a little bit of a laugh. Right. But I've actually hosted meetings our wisdom-based learning meetings and that has been the case more times than not. Yeah. So what I would argue is it has accelerated, not the complexity, I think all of it's solvable, but the pace and the number of things that a leader has to have some knowledge and experience on to make decisions has accelerated it. And again, I, I just say that from my own perspective, a lot of people have confirmed that, the meetings I have confirm it, um, but I'm not going to debate you know the nuance of it. Um, but, but I think this
0: the speed of failure seems to be accelerated yeah, for sure. I, I, I think, I mean, absolutely. I love in your book, you go through all of these different industries that have failed. I mean, the classic examples of Kodak and sure, and others notwithstanding, but I loved the circus. You know, just uh, a, yeah. about an hour south of me is a, a major epicenter for circus. So, Sarasota, Florida, oh, yeah, it's uh, you know, they've got a circus museum and yep. uh, you know, the, the ringling brothers thing down there, and circus arts were big down there until Feld. Uh, collapsed not too long ago, the circus went away. Uh, It's, I love that you take on issues like why did the circus fail? Because I think it, it does cause us all to see that stuck thinking and not being able to leverage knowledge and experience to face the challenges of the now and the future and of getting to that destination. That's, That's right. really why they fail, right? In the end. I, I
1: think, I think it is. And that was some of the case studies we pulled out. And then back to, you asked me this at the very beginning, it goes back to my story. When I got stuck on stuff, when I really went back and, and analyzed what was happening there, it was usually two things. One, I was trying to do new stuff. That's technical term for adjacencies or whatever. Right. But I was trying to do new stuff and, and, I simply and my team didn't have the knowledge and experience in the new stuff. Right. And, and, and so that's the wisdom gap. And why humility is so important is I would argue, and I think you're saying the same thing, that most people are stuck because we're not willing to admit that. And, and I've got two examples here. If I'm making iPhones and then I want to make a cup of uh, cold brew, which I happen to have here. Guess what? This takes different knowledge and experience than this. And you know what? As leaders, we tend to not think so, <laughs> and we get stuck. And, and here's here's what I found is even a little step outside of your core business, it doesn't have to be a big leap. You know what happens to knowledge and experience? It is not incremental. I would argue it is an exponential plunge often. So if you think about that, and this is me, this is my story, you're sitting around the room, and for us, it was digital um, automation, all this cool stuff that we were doing. And me and my senior team, had almost no knowledge and wisdom on any of that. And guess who's making decisions, who's investing in stuff, who's buying companies and spending money, right? This group of people who who, who they've entrusted in us to do it. And and it wasn't until I bumped into this idea and we brought four people into a very small, just advisory board setting, three meetings over six months. And we, we changed the trajectory of our digital work and presence forever in the company over about a six-month period. And this is a hundred-year-old insurance company, not not the most nimble ship, I might add, right? Well, and I didn't think
0: as you say that, I just had this moment of thinking your CFO probably sent you forward and said, if you're going to be able to justify the expense for the cold brew, you're going to have to use it in a demonstrable way as part of your thought leadership. So there you did it. You're now completely above audit on the uh, I, I love it. All right, let's go with this. Uh, this is it. the book, people. Uh, it's called Unstuck. Well, I can take your banner off there so we don't get uh, your name in the way. Uh, the book is Unstuck, and and this enables people to come to your website uh, at uh, as we posted it up there just a second ago. Yep. I'll post it up again. Um, they come to the website; they can learn more about the book. They can buy the book on Amazon or any location. I sure. bought it extremely inexpensively as a digital download on Amazon uh, this past week. And it's a it's a very accessible read. Let's start with that. Yep. Um, so after they read the book, though, that's when they probably, I mean, there's plenty of questions. You ask lots and lots of questions and refer yep. back to the reader. You, you give plenty of tools, but there's still the opportunity then at that point to look at some coaching opportunities uh, through craiglemasters.com or to become just part of a community to stay. That's right. In and informed. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would encourage people, our, our corporate site, GXG.co and and there, Joseph, I mean, we've got lots of case studies and again, super transparent. We want to put the whole business model out there, let people see it. Looking particularly at some of the case studies, really what we've heard back is it generates a lot of stuck ideas with people like if i didn't think i was stuck now i'm reading these and you know have you ever had m a gone bad we've done a lot of work (laughs) around that yeah most of us have we don't like to admit it because it's a hard topic but gxg.co is a great way to participate with us i mean we obviously do newsletters and stuff you can sign up for and then um and and social as well particularly linkedin we like to post a lot of stuff that we're working on and hopefully some things that you'll find interesting so lots of oh no i got the wrong
0: letter hold on
1: that's so okay. yeah, I told that, that math
0: stuff was hard for me. I, I, I'm I sorry. I, I should have given you a sign. and okay. I, uh, I didn't type it quickly enough. That's, so everyone that's... will see now the correct version. It's, it's live. One of the great things about live stream is <laughs> how much, Oh gosh, I, I changed it to a G. <laughs> hold on. Well, everyone, Whoever's telling, company like, no, that is, they're
1: going to get some everyone, amazing let's traffic. Do
0: this and make sure that we agree uh, that it says uh, the same thing. Does G- that hey, there we are. G- 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 D-O. You know, I think people will remember this now because of my uh, full <laughs> pause. I love it. Like, if there's any <laughs> doubt before, it's the X, right? I love it. That's yeah. it. Okay, so. You know, and it is does feel a lot like live stream. The beauty of it is the vulnerability, that humility love, of it all. I love, I love like, it. I You love. know, I remember a time when everything we did, we tried to make it look perfect, right? It was flawless. It was seventy takes for a minute and a half. A ridiculous, right? and, yeah. And here we are, you know, for forty-five minutes, you winging it without me because I drop off <laughs> with that. Incredible authenticity and vulnerability that you talk about in the book. Let's let's talk about authenticity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we talked a little bit about humility. Let's talk about accuracy. Let's talk about clarity. All of yeah. the concepts that you de- drill down in as elements of getting unstuck, right? Like right. accessing, you know, you have to be humble to accept <laughs> anybody else's input as as knowledge, yeah, uh, and not think you know it all already. But beyond that, there's more to it, right?
1: Uh, I, I, th- I think so, Joseph. And the, and the thing that I love to drill down on, and and I've been, I've been, gosh, I've been talking about this for so long. And when I see companies do it, it's so powerful. But in crisis times is, is the best time to practice this. And I call it, do we really know the people we work with or we just know about them? Hmm. That, now, that may sound like a simple thing. I would argue it's one of the most systemic. Challenges most companies have, most leaders have. We end up knowing a lot about people, but we don't really know them. What I mean by that, do we really know their heart? Do we really know how they think? Do we know how they process information? That decision that we stand around and talk and complain about, do we really understand how they got there? Have we ever actually sat down and had that conversation? Have we invested time in them? And I would say, while this has always been important, I I am almost preaching on this right now for, for our client base because there's no better time for leaders to practice this than now. Because I believe what's driving the stress out there, there's a lot of factors to it, but we're piling on work for people right now that's our response in a lot of ways to doing stuff on Zoom because we can work you know, 24 hours a day if we want to. So we just pile stuff on. And yet we're not taking the time to really know those individuals. These are people behind these roles and these jobs. Do we really know their circumstance? Do we really know what they can handle right now? And as I see companies get very granular and specific on what somebody can actually do and accomplish, which is probably a lot, but it's probably not the pile on, that stress level in these organizations is just coming down dramatically. Now, that's a pretty authentic approach, and it's not easy because you got to spend time on it. And most leaders, we just don't want to do that. We're, we're busy. We're going fast. But
0: we've you know, that. I used to uh, get with CEOs and we'd look at employee engagement scores and, and yeah. talk about the importance of having employee engagement to have customer engagement. And then we, we would typically see somebody who's really knocking the cover off the ball in terms of their team's engagement versus somebody who wasn't. And, and we could just walk over to each of those two respective leaders and say to them, Tell me, what is, you know, how many kids do they have? What's what's their interest levels? What do they do when they're not working? And you could almost do the person. That's right. Determine whether or not you had high employee engagement based on the amount of interest, authentic absolutely. interest I, I, that absolutely. people took on their team.
1: Absolutely. And if you take that to that, even that next level, and, the, and again, the question I'd just like to drill down to is, explain to me why that person made the decision. I mean, that's what we do all day. Leaders get paid, I believe, to make choices. That that is the only thing we get paid to do. All the other stuff is peripheral. We get paid to make choices. So if I make a choice, I want to know why somebody made that choice. Do we actually take the time? Do we know them well enough to understand it? Because you know what? It probably is a pretty good choice. But because we don't really know them and we don't know how they think and how they process information, which is probably different than us, then we just assume it was a bad choice. And and it's usually not. And again, I can't think of a better, I think the opportunity right now for leaders to step up, get to know people, invest time, even if it has to be on Zoom, but we invest that level of time where I see you know, our clients, the people in our network doing this, it is a home run and a very hard time. And then the other part of authenticity, in my view, I'm a fanatic on communication, is right now we better be taking what we think is the right amount of communication on all of this stuff and doubling it. That's my scientific methodology. Is well, I, I agree. I mean, I
0: think doubling it if just if, you know, if what you're communicating is accurate, right? So it, that lines up with that next piece around accuracy. And, and I know That's you right. use Jeopardy analysis, uh, example of of uh, the laser accuracy of some of the, the Jeopardy champions. Yeah. Uh, if you have accurate information, you want to double that, right? Or yeah, at least double the candor around the things you don't necessarily know.
1: Absolutely, we do. And if you think that somebody needs, you know, five ounces of communication, I promise you, you give them 10 ounces. And right now, especially, it is better. And part of that might be listening and asking better questions. Doesn't have to just be talking. Um, but we see it day in and day out. And, and, and the encouraging thing to me, Joseph, is the companies, the leaders that are doing this right now um, and, and really using this, this tough time as a chance to change some of their own behaviors are, are, are crushing it. They're actually moving forward, They're doing new things. because the reality is, it, look at McKinsey's study a couple of weeks ago, uh, back you know, this whole topic is it came out in a survey it said 79% of the leaders don't believe they have what it takes skill sets, knowledge, experiences, we would call it, to grow outside of COVID. When we're done with the pandemic, they don't believe, it. think about that for a second, almost 80% of leaders saying, wow, I need help. (laughs) I mean, you talk about a, a hum, humility that I don't think has historically ever been there. Well, what a chance for leaders then to dive in and say, tell me about that. You know, what exactly is missing? Think of that ecosystem. Just, just be candid now. And and the companies I see doing this, organizations doing this now are already starting to pop out of this thing and grow like like they can't believe it. They're like, wow, this feels pretty good, even though it's a tough time and we're doing business very differently.
0: But well, I mean, if that's the, if it's that's the magnitude of skepticism about their ability to thrive on the right. post covid world then all the more reason for them to figure out how to access the right experiences and the right, you know, the right knowledge base, right. give them the wisdom to sustain their life. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What better time to reach out and do that? And, and the cool thing like I started with earlier is it's all around us. This is, it's not that hard when we're intentional about it. And you're very specific on what you're doing or what you're looking for. You ask in the right way and then the spirit of reciprocity that I mentioned earlier is alive and well. And, and it generates so much excitement in organizations when all of a sudden, I'll go back to the, the CX example I used with you. If I'm struggling with that and I've got two or three Josephs sitting around me solving this stuck thing, you don't think that feels pretty good? And, and so what, and here's the sequence. I believe that the confidence that wisdom drives is what allows us to make choices faster. We all want the speed and the agile leaders and all this stuff, right? And I think the only reason we're not like that sometimes is we don't have the confidence. We don't have the confidence because we just lack wisdom in that topic, not everything. <laughs> but you think about it, if you have wisdom, and I know you do in your swim lanes, the speed at which you can go move and execute and help clients execute is off the chart, right? Yeah, so, this, this is this are you just so, so that.
0: interesting to me too, because I, I remember reading a book about kind of groupthink. I can't even remember. That might have been the title years ago. And one of the things that they said is that wisdom doesn't always lie in the consultant, right? Wisdom can often be a a function of all these seemingly ordinary folks around you who have an extraordinary sense of knowledge around something specific. That's right. I, I love this kind of cultivating the wise around you as opposed right. to necessarily believing there is that person <laughs> you need to hire at all no. consultant, and, and, and I said that, so what the heck? Well, you? And,
1: and you know what? And we're in the consulting space too. And I am not anti-consultant. I've been somewhat accused of that in some of the talks I give, and, and I'm really not. I think there's a great role for traditional, academic based, super smart thought leader consulting. I think it's super worthwhile. This is a little different because I think when we get stuck on some of the hardest topics, as a leader, again, what helped me even more was to have a number of operators who had solved what I'm trying to solve pouring into me to help me solve it. Now, does that mean... It wouldn't be helpful to have some of the data, the information, the knowledge from traditional consultants. Of course, it is. I mean, there's tons of rich stuff there, but to get me to make that choice, which is my definition of leadership, faster, those people sitting around the table with me, whether that's metaphorically or real or on Zoom, doesn't matter. That helps me move really fast. And, and a, a simple example, Joe. So I mentioned M and gone bad earlier. We do some of that work because we all experience that. We buy stuff and it doesn't work. Out So we love that work. Why? Because we just get people, wise people that have done similar stuff that have worked their way out of it. And usually it's as simple as this. This is not, again, super complicated, high tech stuff. It's somebody in the meeting having the aha going, well, guess what, Mr. CFO? When I did that, I actually closed that plant, or I moved it here and did that. And, and, and everybody in the room goes, wow, we've been thinking about doing that for two years. Yeah. We just didn't know if that was right. And I'm like, well, here's how it worked for me. Here's why that worked. And guess what happens? Confidence Start, just, just starts like a roller coaster going up and we make the choice. And guess what? It's a it's a quick decision, but it's a better decision. And all of a sudden, the M&A starts to get better. This company we bought starts to improve. I mean, why wouldn't we do that? It's I was I was uh,
0: interviewing somebody for the new book that I've got coming out called Stronger Through Adversity. And they they talked about a reference to the elephant speaks last. You know, this notion that sometimes (laughs) as a CEO, you need to talk last. Because if you don't, you shortcut, I mean, you are the wisdom, you are the knowledge. And if you wait to let it come from other people and actually pull the people around the room and then speak, you frequently get these pockets of tacit knowledge. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, I,
1: I love that. that I'm glad that, w- that one of your interviews said that because that that was me. I realized my own humility journey, hopefully, was the day I realized I'd gotten really, really good at convincing my team and then the company to do exactly what I thought was the best path. And, and there's an element where I think that's a good trait for leaders to have. Except when it's not the right path, which we right. don't know unless we call it pressure testing. Why wouldn't I want to pressure test that path with just a few people that have gone before me? Again, I don't want to over glamorize this. Why wouldn't I want to do that? It doesn't take long. Right. Wisdom transfer. If you go back to the history of education, which is really what we modeled this after. This is how we were supposed to learn. If you look at the very beginning of education, it was a wise person teaching a less wise person in either a one on one format or a small group. And it didn't take long. Why? Because they're pouring into them. Do do this. Don't do that. <laughs> Not complicated. So and, my, and drawing my, out of them. I mean, that e do cotton, right. Yeah. right? The
0: pull from uh, there's both. There's a fill in and Absolutely. there's a pull out of. And I think the pulling out oh. of it is a lot of the the built-up wisdom that we have to uncover in ourselves. I mean, that's yeah, right. We need to take wisdom from others, we need to help them we need to help pull yeah. it out of them to pour it into ourselves. This is an yeah. interesting I couldn't scenario. agree more. All right, I, I want to do more. some wrap up. So I them throwing all these 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 uh website addresses up. People are thinking like Joseph just make up your mind for God's sake. <laughs> all right, Craig the Masters. Now that's a little more geared toward um, the the not Uber uh, you know, corporate side, right? I mean, yeah, so this is
1: my speaker website. So if if anybody wants, uh, it's what I use for for speaking engagements. Um, uh, there's a lot of our coaching platform is on there. And then gxg.co is really our corporate website. And, and there we do mostly our advisory board work. So either place, very similar stuff, but um, that's the difference okay so yep.
0: and remember there's an x in there people don't yeah. be don't be silly putting another letter in there no, right? no, I, would, I wouldn't be caught doing anything like that <laughs> uh, but, all right so with that then let me kind of also make sure that we encourage people that when they do go to the speaker website they will see that there's an opportunity to not only pull you in as a speaker you're doing virtual yep. presentations you got cool yep. digs there in atlanta you almost did a a virtual keynote today, just by virtue of the host. <laughs> yeah, it's love for a moment. I love it. Uh, and then there's the books uh, and yep. there's the coaching and the books uh, include this one, yep. which is just uh, awesomely amazing. And I can speak Appreciate to that, that. because um, not only did I get it on my Kindle, but I start, oh, well, I'm not even on screen. What am I doing here? Um, I did it on my Kindle, but I also um, started printing out Sections of this book so that I could yeah you know, a I look time. at it so okay, I've got, okay. a photocopy of a Kindle page how Love pathetic <laughs> is that from a technology oh. perspective all right so uh, last few minutes I want to just yeah. do some uh, kind of let's get to know you a little bit more now that we sure. picked you kind of your brain and tried to cull your knowledge
1: yeah. all right here you go whoops uh, oh wow that? Who, who is that wow that that's, you found that that is Riggs that's one of our two uh, golden retrievers. All
0: right, let's uh, go back to the shot and get rid of Riggs. Hi Riggs. Nice yeah. to meet you. Uh, all right, so uh here's a couple of, a couple of questions for you. Um yeah. least knowledgeable person you've ever met.
1: The least knowledgeable person I have by that that's a that's a super <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that's just that's 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 and I think you're great at this, Joseph, but that's one of the most awful questions <laughs> I've ever been asked. I mean Yeah, I was
0: hoping you'd say that.
1: I would I even say was it's kind of me.
0: to throw you this weird curveball that says everybody has something to offer. We are in a world of trying to pull knowledge from people, <laughs> right? No stupid question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to, as we show I, I will I own take, it. Will I'm taking it. Take, I'm taking That's the worst I get from leaving you alone for 20 minutes. I'll consider I it a huge bet on that. All right, let me ask you Let me ask you a little bit more
1: serious <laughs> questions.
0: What do you wish you knew uh, at the beginning of your CEO team? tenure that you know now.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, the flip side of that is one of the wisest things that I, w- that I was taught that I wish I knew very early on, which is the, if you look at exit interviews and different things CEOs finishes. what's the hardest thing you do? And that's to let people move on We call it firing them or whatever you want to call it. And what what I heard later in life was asking yourself a question every day when you go in, is there somebody in your organization that you wish would resign today and that you'd be super happy about? And that's a simple question, but it helped me rethink that whole topic of do I or don't I, is it the right fit? And when I started using that, again, pretty late in my CEO tenure, it made it so much easier, Joseph, because it wasn't that they're bad people, it wasn't that they weren't trying hard, but I realized if they did that, they actually resigned. I'd be doing a little bit of the happy dance and then it's time to make the change. So I I would encourage people to ask themselves that frequently.
0: Have you ever met anybody who's not been stuck?
1: Um, I have to answer this. I have one. And I've had, I don't know how many, hundreds, maybe a thousand of these conversations the last four years. And I had one CEO, um, I won't name the person, the industry is in the rental car space that told me they were not stuck never been stuck, won't be stuck, and they had all the knowledge and experience internally. And I think you would agree that this was three years ago that that space has struggled a little bit.
0: And well, so now I will redeem myself. I want to point out something. <laughs> oh, no. That would have been your answer for the least I, knowledgeable person you I, I know. know.
1: what? It could have been, and that's where all I right. was going. All right. Thank you know. for
0: saving me, but you could at least... Give me credit for there are some people who lack so much insight that that may be the only way in which you would be not knowledgeable. All right, I'm going to leave it with that. I just still don't think I redeem myself, but <laughs> all right, because uh, he has been such an amazing guest who's actually had to be a co-host and a variety of other functions, uh, monitor of bad questions. He's had a lot to do today. I strongly encourage you to go to the corporate side at G xg.co, just C-O, no M <laughs> on that one, and or uh, visit uh, his more personal, he uh, has more speaking website, if you yep. will. It's now scrolling beneath, oh, so we wow, can on the cool. screen at the same time. And, and then with that, I will simply say thank you to you. I will, again, out of gratitude for all, of, all that you did today to make this possible when uh, we were having our share of technical challenges, um i will strongly encourage people to not only go to those websites but if you were to uh, if you were to share this particular presentation with someone uh via any of our platforms i will make a point of donating uh, a book to you so if you sh- if you just reshare this on linkedin for example uh let me pull up a uh, a book i'll use i'll send that one leading the starbucks way will come here come to you uh if we find that you've done that or let us know that you you've uh, Posted this particular live stream, either reposted on Facebook or on LinkedIn or on YouTube or whatever channel. Just let us know and we'll make sure we get a copy of that book to you. And with that, I just say to you again, many, many thanks, Craig, for all that you did on the show today and for what you're doing, more importantly, to get people unstuck around the globe. Uh, Next week, we have some amazing guests coming in the next few weeks. Howard Bihar, one of the H's of the H2O formula that is the foundation of Starbucks. Howard Schultz, Howard Bihar, and Oren Smith, they were the creators. Howard will be joining me uh, on the show next week. Week after that, Mark Sanborn, a true friend of mine. I've known him since I really started in this field. And uh, Mark Sanborn wrote one of my favorite books of all time called The Fred Factor about his postman, Fred and the extraordinary extra effort that Fred went through and how we all can be a Fred. Carl Mecklenburg, who is a ring of famer for the Denver Broncos, also a leadership coach, worked with uh, Carl on writing an incredible leadership book about teenagers. Um, And so we'll have him on to talk about leadership and maybe you can explain to me why my Broncos are tanking. With that, I thank you all very, very much and say goodbye to you until next week. Thank you, Craig.